This is Retire at Peace with Gerald G. Ginwright from Mainstream Financial Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Gerald provides his clients and prospects the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Retire at Peace with Gerald G. Ginwright. Hello and welcome back to Retire at Peace. This is Gerald G. Ginwright with Mainstream Financial Group. If you would like more information about what you hear during today's show, give us a call at 888-324-0589 or visit us online at retireatpeacepodcast.com. And while at my website, click on the radio page and check out our past shows and subscribe on Apple Podcast or Spotify. During today's show, we're going to highlight some of the tax filing issues that may raise the interest of the folks at the IRS. Now, that shouldn't replace talking with your accountant or other tax professionals, but it can hopefully give you some new insights. A Kiplinger article, 23 IRS Audit Red Flags, explains that the first potential area of concern is neglecting to report all of your taxable income. Don't forget that the IRS receives copies of all the 1099s and W-2s that you receive, which means it's essential to report all of your taxable income. IRS computers are capable of cross-checking all of the forms with your income that's written on your return. A mismatch will spur the computers to produce a bill that will be mailed to you. If you receive a 1099 that shows income that isn't yours or that lists incorrect income, make sure the issuer files a corrected form with the IRS. Finally, report all income sources on your 1040, regardless of whether or not you receive a 1099 or similar form. Income you generate by driving for Uber, giving lessons, or selling arts online is all taxable. Next, you should be aware that the more income you make, the more likely it is that you will be audited. The fact is, for most everyday Americans, the risk of being audited is low. But as your income rises, so do your chances of being audited. In fact, according to the article, the IRS has a high wealth exam squad that focuses exclusively on super rich. This team audits these people's 1099s as well as their returns for the entities that they control, both in the United States and overseas. The source goes on to say that currently, President Joe Biden is pushing for more high-income filers to get audited. Biden wants Congress to give the IRS $1 billion over 10 years so it can enhance enforcement efforts against wealthy people, large corporations, and pass-through entities like partnerships and LLCs. It's anyone's guess as to whether what Biden is proposing will become reality. But this much is clear. If you are a high-income earner, make sure you're keeping a very close watch on how your taxes are filed. Don't cut corners, because in the end, doing so just isn't worth the risk. 
The next potential IRS red flag is claiming higher than average deductions, losses, or credits. Specifically, if the deductions, losses, or credits on your return are unusually large when compared to your income, the IRS may take a much closer look at your return. Claiming a large loss from something like the sale of rental property or other investments can also give the IRS pause. However, if you have the correct documents proving your deductions, losses, or credits, you should absolutely claim them. Nobody should ever feel like they have to pay more to the IRS than what they actually owe. The next thing that may get you into hot water with our friends at the IRS is taking large charitable deductions. Charitable contributions not only help our communities and the causes we care about, they also are a good write-off. But if the donations are strangely large when compared to your overall income, the IRS is probably going to take notice. The IRS knows what the average charitable donation is for people at your income level. Additionally, if you don't get the official appraisal of the property that you're donating, or if you neglect to file the Form 8283 for non-cash donations greater than $500, you could become an even larger audit target. Finally, hang on to your various supporting documents like receipts for cash, and property contributions. Another common IRS red flag is donating a conservative or facade easement. As the Kiplinger article 23 IRS audit red flags mentions, if you've donated a conservative or facade easement to charity, or if you are an investor in a partnership LLC or trust that made that kind of donation, there's a good shot you're going to hear from the IRS. The IRS has made fighting back against abusive, syndicated, conservative easement deals a high priority. The article's next potential red flag is running a business, which is often a way to gain the attention of the IRS. While Schedule C is rich with good tax deductions for the self-employed, it also is an easy target for IRS agents on the lookout for people claiming excessive deductions or not reporting all of their income the IRS is likely to look at both higher-grossing sole proprietorships and smaller ones. Sole proprietorships reporting at least $100,000 of gross receipts on Schedule C and are a cash-intensive business like a restaurant or bar are particularly likely to be audited. Additionally, business owners who report significant losses on Schedule C, particularly if those losses can be offset entirely or in part by other reported income, like wages, are also a greater risk for an audit. Claiming rental losses is the next way to end up with an IRS bullseye on your back. As the article explains, the passive loss rules generally prevent the deduction of rental losses, but there are two exceptions. First, if you actively participate in renting out your property, you can claim as much as $25,000 of loss against your other income. This allowance phases out as your adjusted gross income reaches $100,000 and vanishes entirely at $150,000. Second, 
There is an exception for real estate professionals who spend more than 50% of their working hours and more than 750 hours annually materially participating in real estate as developers, brokers, landlords, and similar that allows them to write off those losses. Be aware that, as the article notes, the IRS is known to be particularly aggressive when it comes to closely analyzing big rental real estate losses, particularly when it's written off by people claiming to be real estate professionals. Another way to raise the IRS's attention is to report multiple years of losses on Schedule C of the Form 1040 for an activity that sounds like a hobby while having significant income from other sources of income. The IRS is on the lookout for filers who, year after year, report large losses from hobbies to help try to offset income like wages or business or investment earnings. To properly deduct a loss, you have to be running the activity like a business and have reasonable expectation of making profits. Next, when you depreciate a vehicle, you must list on Form 4562 the percentage of its use during the year that was for business purposes. If you claim 100% business use of a vehicle, the IRS is very likely to get suspicious. After all, it's very rare for a person to actually use a vehicle exclusively for business, especially if that person has access to the vehicle for personal use. Furthermore, the IRS casts a keen eye on heavy SUVs and large trucks used for business, especially when they're bought late in the year. That's because these types of vehicles are eligible for better depreciation and expensing write-offs. It's important to keep thorough mileage logs and a detailed calendar for every road trip. Poor record keeping will make it harder to defend your deduction. Also, bear in mind that if you use the IRS's standard mileage rate, you can't also claim expenses for repairs and insurance. We've also put together a tax fact sheet that answers one critical tax question. Pay now or pay later. There are certain retirement savings tools like Roth 401ks and Roth IRAs where you pay taxes now. But with certain other retirement savings tools like traditional 401ks and IRAs, you may be able to pay the taxes later. Our tax fact sheet explores several of your potential options under both the pay now and pay later umbrellas. Contact my office today to get your complimentary tax fact sheet and learn how while you don't have a choice if you pay taxes, you may have a choice about when you pay them. If you enjoyed today's show, visit us online at retiredpeacepodcast.com. And while at my radio page, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcast or Spotify. And finally, if you want more information about what we discussed today, give us a call at 888-324-0589. Thanks for listening. And until next week, this is Gerald G. Jenright. Thank you for listening to Retire at Peace. 
don't pay too much for taxes, or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Gerald G. Ginwright at Mainstream Financial Group. Call 205-324-0589 or visit them online at retireatpeacepodcast.com. Gerald Ginwright and Mainstream Financial Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed in the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.